1: We want our, our partners that you know align with who we are culturally and who we are as a brand. And then we build partnerships based on that. It's not about what's you're going to get signage, you're going to get brand exposure in these different places, but it's how do we tell your story alongside of ours in a way that, that makes sense and is authentic for both of us.
0: To thrive in a rapidly evolving landscape, brands must move in an ever-increasing pace. I'm Matt Britton, founder and CEO of Suzy. Join me and key industry leaders as we dive deep into the shifting consumer trends within their industry, why it matters now, and how you can keep up. Welcome to the Speed of Culture. Hey. We are live in Milwaukee at Fiserv Forum, home of the Milwaukee Bucks, and we're really excited to be speaking with Dustin Godsey, who's the Chief Marketing Officer of the Milwaukee Bucks and Business Insider's 2022 Innovative CMO of the Year. Dustin, thanks so much for having us today. So excited for today's conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. appreciate you coming in and experiencing here at Fiserv Forum and the the Bucks experience.
0: Yeah, it's amazing to be here. And I'd love to start by just getting to know a little bit about you. I mean, Growing up, I could say one of my dream jobs would probably be the CMO of a National Basketball Association team. Here you are sitting here as the CMO. How did you end up here? And tell us about your journey.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in the Midwest, grew up in Iowa. And, you know, I think up until probably the age of. 12 or 14. My my goal was to be in the NBA, but as a, as a player, which was very obvious. I was not going to be one of the Michael Jordan stories of... How old were you when getting, you realized you weren't going to be able to make the NBA? I was very young. <laughs> it was, uh, I was not going to be one of those cut from your freshman year team and, right. and make it in stories like Michael Jordan. So I kind of went a, a different path, really, you know, went to school to be into journalism. Actually, my dream was to be on the Sports Reporters on ESPN, if you remember sure. remember that Jeremy show, Shapp. Oh, Jeremy Shapp and and all that. And, you know, got through probably the first year of journalism school and realized that reporting was not what I wanted to do either. And so I ended up, you know, going into marketing and, and got the journalism marketing degrees and, and really happened upon the sports world. I didn't even realize that that was a, an opportunity to, for a career happened into an internship in minor league baseball and and have kind of stuck in the, the sports and entertainment world ever since.
0: So. Very cool. And, and back in 2012, you were actually the Milwaukee Bucks first marketing employee. So you basically had a blank slate. Tell us about how that job was sort of painted to you. And then when you came in, how did you kind of know what to do being the first employee?
1: Yeah, no, I, it was, so I was in in Philadelphia prior kind of working on really more the arena side, shut down the spectrum, was part of the Wells Fargo Center, worked with the Sixers and the Flyers, but really had my, my goal at that point was to run, a, t- run a, a marketing department for a team. So specifically in the NBA, hopefully. So applied kind of on a whim in Milwaukee. Had been in the city once in my life, and came in and, and really, you know, as the position was was kind of being positioned to me, you know, they're like, yeah, we've we've never had a marketing marketing department. We we it was a very small organization. I mean, I think we were at seventy total full time staff. Marketing was certainly happening, but it was you know each kind of department was doing their thing. It was like an afterthought. Kind of an afterthought. Yeah. Kind of you know ticket sales did their thing. Our partnerships team did their own thing. There was no real brand cohesion. There was no real story. And that was kind of what the story was pitched to me. It was come in, pull all these silos together and kind of to pull it down. So that was really where, where we started. That was under our, our previous ownership of, of Senator Cole. And the, the really interesting part was I, I got into town, you know, quit my job in Philly, moved back across the country, back to the Midwest. In the sort of two weeks interceding there, Commissioner Stern at the time had come to Milwaukee and said, if there's not a new arena or a, new, a plan for a new arena by 2017, we're not signing another lease. So wow. the, the bucks aren't going to be here. And we, uh, so you were on the clock. We are on the clock. And, and a lot of people, you know, in the market at the time, it was a it was a pretty distressed brand again, because there was no real brand and there was no story behind it. And so, you know, the the community really basically told me, I mean, there were people to my face that would say, don't unpack your boxes because, you know, it's going to be a, a pretty short trip here in, in Milwaukee. But, you know, things have, have certainly changed and it, it's been a great opportunity to build from, you know, kind of marketing person number one into to this full team that, that encompasses, you know, a number of areas that I, at the time could have only kind of dreamed of being a part of.
0: Right. So, I mean, you know, we're talking 2012 when you first joined, here we are over 10 years later, the world has changed. You know, the world of digital obviously has taken over, especially when it comes to streaming in the MBA, yeah. et cetera. What are some of the main pillars that you've helped lay down here for the Milwaukee Bucks that you think have been so transformational? In terms of the success of the Milwaukee Bucks brand,
1: yeah, I mean, I think it, it really starts with you know 2014. The team was sold with new ownership coming in, and in Mark Lazarie and, and Wes Edens, new president Peter Fagan, and you know our brand identity and what we've started to build really came from a really one of the first meetings that we had. The new owners brought in our the entire staff into you know this kind of small kitchen, kind of crowded everybody in, and I remember Wes said to. Everybody there was like, you know, we're here, we're here to win a championship. We're here to be a championship organization in the city of Milwaukee. If you don't believe that that's possible, that's fine, but you're probably not gonna get fit in our organization. And that really set the tone moving forward. And when you think about what we are as a brand, we are we're a championship culture. That is first and foremost what we talk about. That's how we hire who our internal team is. Often on the court. Often on the court. So we have great alignment with our our team with the the basketball operations. We're we're lucky to have a a general manager and John Horst, who, you know, I kind of grew up with in the organization. So so we know each other very well. They look for a certain type of championship player, the right kind of player that's gonna go out and, and do the things that are committed to the city of Milwaukee and what this franchise wants to be when we hire our staff. And you know, that's the message that we've put out to to our fan base is we don't wanna do anything if we can't be the best at it. So you know there are going to be times where we're going to try things and, and fail, but we're going to keep trying, and, and you know we've been able to bring one one trophy in, and and hopefully we've got more of those to come. Yeah, and
0: obviously you know having a beautiful arena here at the Pfizer Forum obviously doesn't hurt. So you have this great arena, you have a, a you know an incredible superstar in Giannis Antetokounmpo, who we'll talk about in a second. But what are some of the tactics that you've used as CMO of an NBA team to? build the brand, Yeah, uh, what's been successful. Because ultimately, I would think your remit is ultimately selling tickets and selling merchandise. Is that what you're gauge uh, on for success?
1: That's a big piece of it. Uh, you know, when you look, you know, directly at the, the P&L, yeah, single game tickets sure. and, and retail and sponsorships, sponsorships all, yeah. all that kind of to falls under it. But I think, you know, from my standpoint where we've kind of built out this team. So we have, we've kind of brought all of the areas that the brand touches under one roof. We used to be very disparate. Digital kind of reported into a different place. We had marketing, we had broadcast, we had our game entertainment, all kind of reporting different ways. So what we've done is we've brought that all together. So we have you know sort of our our brand strategy pillar. We have our digital platforms. We also have our direct marketing, our database, our email, you know all the personalization, all that, and then our our game entertainment and our live events, and then we have our arena marketing team. So that's that was kind of the first piece was bringing all those groups together. And now as you mentioned, it was streaming and and that sort of thing. Broadcast is now within that too. So really. Everywhere our brand touches falls kind of within that roof. And so I think the the thing for us, and and I think the thing when you you think about NBA teams and and what the role is, is we have to super serve our, our fan base here in Milwaukee, right? That's, you know, a, most of our revenue is either coming from our, our media deals or our sponsorship deals or people coming in right. hyper localized. But when you look at our fan base and our audience, 75% of our social audience is global. Yeah. So, you know, we have to we have to both super serve that local fan here, uh, have the world class experience, the, you know, the sort of thing where we're, we're blessed right now with a, a very good team. And, and more often than not, fans are leaving happy because we won. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that no matter what happens on the court, they're they're enjoying that experience and going through. But then we also take a, a lot of pride in a, a big piece of what we do is we're showcasing Milwaukee, not just the Bucks, but the city to the world. You, you go a lot of places in the world, they don't know where Milwaukee is, but they know the Bucks and they know Milwaukee is a, a piece of that. So a, a big piece of what we're doing is also telling the story of, of this community and, and our involvement in that.
0: Yeah, and and obviously you have to appeal to not only just fans around the world, but fans of all ages. This younger fan base consumes content differently. Yep. You know, They're on TikTok, they're about short form, they're about the highlights has that changed how you have to kind of storytell and bring new people into the franchise and get them interested?
1: Oh, it absolutely has. And that, that's a big piece. And we, we often say, yes, we're a basketball team, but really we're, we're an entertainment or we're a content company. Right. So, and when you, when you look at, you, you hit on a good point is, is outside of, you know, maybe healthcare, we're one of the only industries that actually serves every generation, right. From, from kids who, becoming fans to, you know, the the older fans who've been with us since the days of cream. I mean, it really runs the gamut. So for us, like... Being able to, to sort of, you know, turn on a dime, understand what's new coming through. We were the first team in, on TikTok. We were one of the first teams serving the, the Chinese audience on Weibo. You know, really understanding those outlets and, and where you can storytell differently, how you, how you have to produce things differently for these different audiences to go through is a big piece of what we do. And I think one of the challenges that comes, one of the great things, but also one of the challenges that comes with that is we can only plan so much right we have a trade deadline in a couple weeks we have no idea what's going to happen and the entire narrative of the team could switch so that's one of the things also is we have to know what's coming we have to know what the audience are but we also have to be nimble enough to to kind of change in stream as we go absolutely
0: absolutely and obviously television is a huge part of the NBA ecosystem and the business model as the world changes, and I, I just we were just talking about CES, and one of the big themes there was about OTT yeah. and how traditional linear television is now shifting and will be almost completely shifted in the next five to ten years so to cool. streaming. How does that change, A, how you work with sponsors? Because I would imagine the beneficial part of that is they can be much more programmatic and targeted on yeah. a local basis, but you can also still have global and national advertisers right. there. And also, does it impact the way that you kind of, uh, I guess, produce content, over that channel
1: yeah no it, it absolutely does and i think even as the league has you know kind of broadened league pass and, and that sort of yeah. thing we you know we get numbers now from all over the world right so we know from a, a league pass standpoint who's watching our our games who we've even changed what we do in arena and, and sort of how we how we create that show because we know you know if someone's watching on league pass in in paris They don't see commercials. They see what's happening in our arena and what our experience is. So that we have to think even from that standpoint of, you know, every one of those touch pieces, which you know, at one point may have just been like, let's let's run this funny skit or, or that sort of thing without context in the building. Now we know that that's being broadcast internationally.
0: So you're involved in the on-court programming as well, whether it's halftime or in between timeouts, you're thinking about those. As
1: well. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of our, our kind of pillars on our team. We have a, a great team that does that, that's, you know, one of the best in the business, that it's, you know, completely integrated in with, you know, the storytelling that we're doing on social, the storytelling we're doing on our TV broadcast. you know, want, we want those all to, to be aligned and, and similar.
0: And what about, how do you know if you're doing a good job? Like, is there interactions with your fans? How are you listening to the fans, whether it's within the arena or more broadly? Obviously, they're going to talk about complaining about the game. And there's only so much you can do about that, right. to the coach. But um, how you kind of have that feedback loop open with your with your family. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's one of the great things about the, this industry is is people care. Yeah, and so when you're doing it. something that they, they don't like or, you know, Less so when you when you do like it. If you don't hear anything, you, you generally feel like you're you're doing a pretty good job. But it's we have a lot of mechanisms for getting that feedback. It's you know we have a very robust analytics and and insights team that that we work with internally. That we're doing surveys after or every event. You know, we have regular touch base with our fans where, and, you know, social media, it's a a great world as well, where we can get that sort of instant feedback from people and, and really be able to, to kind of change our strategies in real time based on what we're seeing and what we're hearing from our fans.
0: Which you, it's kind of a mandate right now for any brand. Absolutely. So besides acquiring you in 2012, one of the best acquisitions, Milwaukee Bucks, Brad, was bringing on Giannis Antetokounmpo in 2013. I'd love to talk about him because he is such a force of nature, both off the court and on the court. He is a global phenomenon and he obviously has a massive role in the recent success of the organization. Can you talk a little bit about how he has changed the culture throughout the organization and what benefits that gives you as a marketer? to be able to do your job effectively.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the look, the great thing about Giannis, and, and really from the beginning when he came in, he was kind of an unknown quantity. Yeah, picked 11th, and other teams passed on him. Yeah, so, and, and comes in, had never really been in the United States before, had certainly never been to Milwaukee. But really right from the beginning, we saw, you know, this potential just from our personality of of him being willing to, to sort of tell his story and be out there. Authentically. Um, authentically, too. and, yeah. you know, I mean, we were right there in the car as he was out learning how to drive and, and those sorts wow. of things. So to to be able to kind of be on this journey with him and, and go through has been incredible. And I think we saw that potential from the beginning and we were doing things, you know, Bill Simmons mentioned one time, like all he wanted was a Twitter account that told him when Giannis was gonna get in the game so he could turn on leap pass yeah. and watch him. So we did that and, you know, created that cause we sort of saw that, like that myth making almost right from the beginning, but it wasn't a myth. It was really who this guy was. And I mean, his story is, is incredible. So, you know, it's allowed us obviously to, you know, kind of put our our kind of global growth and what we want to do on a, on a fast track because his, while he's, you know, from Greece has Nigerian roots, his story is, is kind of translatable in, in any language. People yeah. really understand what this is. And the great thing about him is he aligns so well. We don't have to try from our brand to align it to what Giannis is. He is this hardworking, all he cares about is being on the court, winning championships, and and that's really was aligned with what our brand was and the story we were trying to tell. So it's been a perfect fit, and and you know, sort of lucky. You know, we don't we don't often find ourselves in a role where you know the team and the the superstar aligns so well with what we say we are from a brand. So it's given us those opportunities to go out and and you know, certainly people say your job must be easy now. You know, you've got Giannis and you want a championship and. And in some ways, it is. You know, selling tickets isn't isn't a but challenge. But there's
0: a lot. But, the, but there's a, a, is, has, has an embarrassment of riches in terms of the amount of young stars it has right yeah. now. So there's so many other great throws uh, around the league yeah. as well. That
1: you have to compete for mind share with. Yeah, and, and you know, it it almost becomes more challenging for we have to. You know, we're we're still a, a very small team when you look at organizationally the right. the spotlight market that's office. on me, yeah. market size, and and you know, our entire department's about forty people all told. When you when you look at all these, so. It, you know, we really have to focus on prioritizing what we're trying to accomplish and go through and, you know, winning and having Giannis has, has brought, you know, kind of an embarrassment of, of partners wanting to work with us and, and other organizations wanting to kind of, we have to prioritize who fits with us, who, you know, aligns with our brand and, and choose our partners kind of wisely. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: So let's talk about that. So you have brand partners that want to partner with the Bucks in a variety of different ways, whether they want to have their, you know, billboard up in the arena or whether they want to do a promotion at halftime or they want to have the rights, rights to, yeah. you know, co-market with the brand. What is that process? for how you evaluate brands. Do you have free reign? Is the league involved? Talk us kind of through that partnership dynamic. Yeah,
1: I mean, the, the league's involved to a certain point in that we have certain assets that, you know, in arena side and that sort of thing, that in a, a nationally televised game, they have the rights to that, right? right? So like if they have exclusivities with partners, we have to, to kind of go through that. But beyond that, it's, every team is kind of on their own to, to go out really? and build this through. So obviously from a marketing side, we work very, very closely with our business development team. That, you know, we're going out and, and when we talk about it, we don't say the word sponsor. You know, you're not buying ads They're with partner, us. Basically. You're partnering and, and we, Fisurf is a, a great example of our, our naming rights partner here. It's a local company, you know, really aligned in, in terms of, of excellence and what they want to do and how they portray themselves with us. And that's what we like to go out and, and, you know, kind of, kind of work together with the, the business development team and the marketing team on. We could partner, or we could sell a lot of sponsorships. But what we want are our partners that you know align with who we are culturally and who we are as a brand. Yeah. And then we build partnerships based on that. It's not about what you're going to get signage, you're going to get brand exposure in these different places, but it's you know. How do we tell your story alongside of ours in a way that, that makes sense and is authentic for both of us?
0: So I would imagine that's a big job of the marketing team is you understand your content calendar, the key pillars, the in arena experience, and then you'll take that and you'll overlay it with what a p- potential partner yeah. wants to do. And you'll come back and work with your sales or business development team and say, here's what we can do. For yeah. You.
1: And, and we really work with them from the beginning. We're involved in, in the pitches. We're involved in the meetings going out. We want to, you know, as any good sales team's going to do, you're going to listen to what the partner's trying to accomplish and, and put together a package based on that. But we we don't want to do anything where it's cookie cutter. You know, we have this series, you know, let's do product placement or whatever. Like, we'll do some of that if it makes sense. But, but we really want to work from them right from the beginning of, of them understanding what we're trying to accomplish with these things and how that can best align and accomplish their goals. So it's been a, a really fun process. And again, and that's where we look at our international audience and, and those sorts of things. We've got Motorola on our on our jerseys, right? That, you know, they really look at us as this opportunity to, to be seen as a, a global brand and and you know they've got goals in, in South America and other places where we've got big audiences and we can help kind of develop and, and build those plans over time as well.
0: Yeah. I mean even the thought of having a corporate logo on a jersey 10 years ago or 15 years ago would have seemed foreign and now it's sort of commonplace and know yeah. FIFA started to do it to begin with. So I imagine that Part of what you're doing is part of your role is trying to figure out, I don't want to call it inventory, but just other opportunities where a brand can get more deeply integrated into the buck story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's for us, you know, when we when we look at what we're trying to do, again, we want to be sort of on the, the front edge and the cutting edge on, on innovation. And sure. what we do, you know, we look across the league and you, you mentioned it on, on the jerseys. And again, when I started, you know, it was only 10 years ago, but, you know, each team had two jerseys maybe a third, you know, when we went through our rebrand process in in 2015, you know, we unveiled our alternate, you know, our alternate Jersey. We then also said, how can we take this a step further? We built an entire new court to match that Jersey. So that we were put, and being able to, again, kind of build those platforms to be able to go to a partner and say, at that point in time, you couldn't be on the Jersey, but you know, you could tell the story of this, uh, this entire platform of, of our fear of the deer nights and, and what we're doing. So that's kind of where we think is constantly looking at, okay, like NBA sports in general can be a little bit cookie cutter. And, you know, there's a lot of the kind of stealing ideas from each other. Where can we find these, these kind of unique areas to kind yeah. of own and, and take over? I can tell you by just being a fan,
0: watching the NBA Finals a couple of years ago, when you won against Phoenix, you could tell from the shots of the arena that the Bucks had a great story that they had an incredible fan base that they were in. A, you could just tell, like, it was an exposure to a national audience from the outside. Because you mentioned Fear the Deer. That was something you saw everywhere with people holding up the signs. It felt more like a t- like a mission. And the mission begins with the leadership. It begins with the story. And it's clear from the outside perspective that that work has been, was put in.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I think that will. you know, for us, again, that... You sort of think the the championship and the finals like that moment where it's it's kind of the top of the mountain, but for us it was kind of the start of what we wanted to do yeah. and, and kind of the realization of some of the promises. But it was something that we always had an eye of of what we we're going to do and how we wanted that to look when we got there. And and again, how we tell the story of Milwaukee and and we really saw ourselves as this this brand that was sort of aligned with our city of you know kind of once proud you know kind of this championship Milwaukee was you know one of the top ten markets in in the United States a little bit of a decline and now kind of back up on the upswing through this younger generation, through innovation, through that sort of thing. And so for us to have that moment that was kind of this you know, $2 billion commercial for the city of Milwaukee was was really incredible to, to be able to be a part of. Absolutely.
0: So it's a cold winter day today here in Milwaukee. We're in the heart of the season here in early 2023. You, know, you talked about innovation. What are some of the things that uh, the fans can expect to see from the Bucks from a marketing perspective this year that maybe they haven't in the past. I know the app has been one thing you really yeah. focused on building out. So let's talk about the app and maybe some other things that uh, you have your eye on.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, when you, when you look at, you know, how we keep an eye on this, it's it's thinking about that holistic 360 journey of, of our fan and, and knowing that that is completely different because we have, again, that, that super-cert fan who are the ones who are here at every game the season ticket holder going through to, you know, the ones who maybe are in Greece and are, are waking up really early in the right. morning to be able to watch... Giannis, the, the app, the mobile app has really become our our sort of one one source of truth and, and where we want the experience, whether you're watching content, whether you're watching our press conferences, our, our interviews, you know, our our behind the scenes, you know, kind of restricted area content pieces within the app. Or if you're coming into the building, that's where you're managing your tickets. That's where you're going to order your food and beverage so you can sit right in your seat and not miss, you know, the, the T-shirt cans as they're coming out, put in your order and go through and then for us it it became becomes obviously from a marketing standpoint our area of, of data collection, understanding really who's in the building. And I think that's been a, a giant change over the last few years is is really getting from a, a point where you know you had one person who bought four tickets, you have no idea who those other three people are. Right. To us now trying to connect the dots. And then when you talk getting about that first party data, giving that first party advantage. data and, and understand who, like, who it is. And then, you know, when you look at Deer District and we have, you know. Ten thousand people out watching a game. We have no idea who those people are. So how we start to bring those technologies together to connect that work with our our analytics and our insights team to really understand. You know, maybe this isn't a season ticket buyer, but they're probably a, a jersey buyer, or you know, they're going to go to our bar and restaurant across the street. And how do we connect all those dots? So that's a big piece for us is continuing on that technology side. Another piece is you talk about retail and brand and, and how we're trying to you know continue to engage our our global audiences and. And maybe fans who wouldn't, who don't necessarily care as much about the storytelling on the basketball side is, we're in the process of launching our private label retail line. So you know, obviously, all the teams work with the Mitchell Nesses and the New Era's, and Nike obviously is a, a major one. What we're doing is we're creating a, a more of a lifestyle and culture brand that will allow us to tell our brand story even more. Wow. Tell that Milwaukee story. You know, we've got we're going to, we've got kind of three pillars of it that we're going to do. One is again, sort of this lifestyle kind of uh, working with some licensees that we're going to be able to sell on our pro shop and, and go out. And then we're going to work with, and we've got three lined up right now of, of collaborators that are either local artists, are kind of international brands, or, you know, we're working with Brandon Jennings, who, you know, when you talk about Bucks and Six lore, he's actually the one who first said Bucks and Six kind of in jest about, it was my first season, uh, we were playing the Heat. And they had, somebody asked him, you know, LeBron James, Dwyane Wade Heat, you know, who's going to win the series? And he said, Bucks and Six. And it became sort of the, this myth and, and a little bit, you know, sort of we obviously got swept and, and went out. But as we went through and then we won the finals in six games. And so it became this sort of full circle thing. So we said, you know, this is really part of of our culture and who we are. Uh, So we're gonna build this out, like I said. So we're gonna do a capsule with him. We've got a line with a local uh, artist who's actually a Sudanese refugee who moved to Milwaukee when he was 13 and has now created his own lifestyle brand. So we're gonna help him kind of tell that story. And then another brand that, that Chris Middleton has, you know, has worn and is, is friends with and has connections with. So really doing this to extend the brand, you know, culture and, and fashion has and, be, beyond right. just jerseys and, and logos slapped on things, you know, it's fashion and, and culture has become so much of what the NBA is. And, you know, the, the awareness and people wanting to see what guys are wearing in the, the arena. We want to create something that players for other teams would want to wear when, cool. when they're walking in.
0: Sorry, cool. Ian, you talk about seeding the brand into, into culture and and making sure that you're, you're kind of expanding the story of the books beyond just being a a team with five guys on a court. Yeah. Right.
1: Absolutely. And and that goes back to, you know, when we did the rebrand, we, you know, most teams work with kind of the same two or three agencies that do a lot of the logos and and there was never really much storytelling behind that. We went out, we found this, you know, streetwear, really cool Small boutique agency in Brooklyn that helped us kind of build this out, and they'd worked with Nike. They'd done this, so we really went into it intentionally. Around, we want to create things that, yes, we're going to have fans who root for our logo, no matter what it is, just because of the players are on. But we also want to create something that, that throughout the world, people are yeah, going to wear true. and be a part of, and. and that growth. Absolutely.
0: So as we wrap up here, Dustin, um, you know, as I mentioned, the onset of this interview, you know, you have a very cool role. And it's even more cool now after hearing all the different uh, components of it. If you were to give one of our younger listeners here at the Speed of Culture podcast advice on the steps they need to take early in their career to one day maybe end up in such a prolific seat. Yeah. what advice would you give them?
1: No, I, I mean, I think one of the big pieces that, I mean, obviously networking and understanding and sort of collecting people, right? And, and understanding, yeah. you know, who's out there and, and always taking those opportunities to get to know people. And you never know when that's going to come back around. But I think for me, one of the, the things that, that was kind of big in my career was not saying no to opportunities, mm-hmm. right? I remember my first, my first full-time job, I went in, it was with a, a junior hockey team. They offered me a, a position kind of on the spot. They're like we need somebody, this season starts in a couple of weeks salary is going to be commission only. I was like, well, I'm not really sell- like I'm the PR guy and the marketing guy. Like what am I selling? And they're like, well, you'll sell in the off season. I was like, I'm not sure that works for me, but like, like come back tomorrow and we'll figure it out. So I came back the next day, we figured it out. And, and it was kind of the stepping stone to the rest. I moved into, you know, kind of more arena outside of sports into more arena marketing, entertainment marketing, you know, promoting the circus, promoting Disney on ice, which again, was not on my career bucket list of things to do. But I learned so much from those opportunities. So, you know, I think that's what the big thing is always kind of understand that those opportunities that come around may not fit exactly. You know, don't plan out your five years. You, you may have your goals and that's great. But really, you know, anything you can you can learn from any of those opportunities is going to help you as you go,
0: go down your path. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is, is there kind of one mantra on that that you kind of like to live by that you wake up every day? Yeah. Like, I
1: mean, I, I actually, you know, on my wall in my office behind me, I've got a, a framed piece from a, an artist named Mike Montero, who's a graphic designer that says, "Let's make better mistakes tomorrow." And to me, that's kind of the for especially in our business and what we do. But I think it, it kind of applies to everything. Absolutely, is, is fail, fail fast, learn from it, and, and move on. We're all you know fallible humans, 100%. everything's going to be you know even if it, something works, there's going to be mistakes made along the line. Let's learn from it and, and build from it. Yeah. Game.
0: What do they tell players in the court if they miss their first eight shots? Take the ninth. Take the ninth. If you're a okay. shooter, keep going, and eventually they'll start you know going through the net. And you know it seems like a lot's been going through the net. Uh, for you here at the Bucks, so congratulations on your success uh, on behalf of suzy and Adwe team special thanks once again to dustin godsey chief marketing officer of the milwaukee bucks for joining us we are here in milwaukee at the pfizer forum with the world champion milwaukee bucks and uh really excited to be here I'm really excited for our audience to hear today's podcast be sure to subscribe rate and review the speed of culture podcast on your favorite podcast platform and thanks again for joining see you soon everyone take care